Hey, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm sleeping. I am too. You know, it's raining down here. Is it uh, raining up there? I'm actually in Biloxi, so it's cloudy, but not raining. When did you make that drive? Oh, after work yesterday? Yeah, uh, my girlfriend lives down in Biloxi, so I take oh. the drive pretty much every other weekend, or she'll okay. come up every other weekend. So, Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to do my introduction, and then um, I'm going to introduce you, I guess. That'll work. I feel weird. I don't know why, because I guess because someone's like... With me, okay. Well, I mean, we have conversations in the office all the time, so just treat it like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but I got a pre-record, so I guess it's weird. <laughs> I got you. And you're my first guest. Look at you, you're so special. Mm, dark skin is winning. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Detox with your girl Danisha. And today's topic, we will be talking about college blues, the post ops of. After college with today, and our guest is Mr. Trey Allen. How good are you? Good morning, Trey? everybody. I'm good. I'm good. I'm relaxing. Saturday's my day off from the gym, so I've rested in until about 8.30, so it's been nice. Nice. I wish I could start going to the gym. No, you don't. <laughs> I need to start working out. It's kind of hard after you know, like, you have to plan to actually go to the gym, and you have to be dedicated, and that's something I'm just not ready for yet. <laughs> so, I have um, a question. How was okay. college for you? Like, your pre-thoughts after college? Like, once you graduated, how did you think college was going to be, and how was college actually? Uh, I mean, college itself, I thought if this was, if college was, was hard, <laughs> I mean, I picked uh, biomed engineering, and I thought that was going to be easy. It was not easy because, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but there's not a lot of black biomed engineers. So going in, I really didn't see many people who looked like me, and I didn't get a lot of help from people who looked like me because we didn't have that many in here in the first place. So, I mean, I thought I was going to get done with school and a million different people were going to come and beg you to work for them and it didn't work that way so what about you um well I thought that you know once after I got my degree this paper that they say is worth you know a, a lot. lot and then made me go into all this fucking debt that I was going to get a good paying job salary so get all these benefits and came out here and realized that that it don't mean shit. Like, I don't know if you've been sitting on social media where they've been like, um, basically, like, all you had to do was have a college degree and then, like, you know, like, you were set for life. But now that a whole lot of minorities and black people and everybody else been getting a lot of college degrees, like, the value has went down and now everyone have to, you know, get a master's. And I, I think that's kind of fucked up now. See, a lot of people told me I was going to have to go get my master's. And... Initially, I was going to, like, just give in, but then I thought about it, and I was like, for me, I uh, I didn't see the point, because I had to go get my master's in bioengineering again, and I was like, that just sounded like more debt, but they said the only other options would be to take a small paying job at the beginning, and then go from there, and I took that route, because I wouldn't be as in, in debt, because once you're in school for five years, you ain't got no money, 
And the second you graduate, everybody's like, okay, we can't help you out no more. You got to figure it out on your own. So I actually did not take the master's route. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I needed to break from school itself. Because you and I know, like, the hardest part about college isn't even the school. It's everything else that goes on. I mean, you got most people have jobs on campus. You're trying to adjust around your schedule, trying to maintain to see who's going to be your friend. And then around graduation time, everyone is graduating with you. So the people you hang out with are probably the people you don't stay with for the rest of your life. And the ones you don't, you just kind of realize what it is. So, but you did actually go back and try to get your master's, correct? So how was that? Yeah, I actually did. Um, it didn't work out too well, like <laughs> at all. Um, math, grad school and undergrad, totally different. Like, like it's mm. totally different. Like, yeah, you see your schedule and like, there's few tests in grad school. I'm pretty sure you take like two tests, like the midterm and mm. the final. Like, like that's it. There's probably your only two grades, and like it's a paper in there. But I feel as if like I I picked the wrong degree, I guess, because you know like. Trey, we didn't even tell them how we met. Okay, after I tell this story, then we're going to tell them how we met, okay? So, <laughs> okay, basically, um, I, you know, like, kids with special needs, like, they pulled my heartstrings. So I was like, okay, I want to do what we was doing, making salary, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had talked to my boss and my boss's husband. And that was like, you know, you can be a, BC, a BCBA. And I was like, okay, what's that? It's like, basically, you just make behavior plans for kids with special needs or autism, any kind of, you know, behavior type child. And I was like, okay, bet, like, I can do that. But mm-hmm. once I actually got to school and, you know, like, I started doing the work, I realized, oh, like, this is the business side of it. Like, I'm not actually with the kids, with the needs. Like, I'm learning about graphs. I'm learning mm-hmm. about, you know, terms and um BSBPs, like VBAs and all this stuff. And I'm like, hold on, like, like what is this? Like this So you wanted a more hands on yeah, trying, to, I, it, trying I, to get you a desk job in a sense. Yes, like and I was like, Whoa, I'm gonna be in a like like when am I gonna see the kid with the behavior problems? Like like what is this? Like writing papers and it's just I wasn't motivated. And then like mm-hmm. at that point, like I was like, Okay. I need a job, okay, so I started working at Cracker Barrel <laughs> being a server because I'm like, okay, and the money was good. I'm talking about the money I was making on the weekend alone. I was just making, like, 300 almost $400, and plus if I worked on the weekdays, like, that's another $300. I was making, like, 6 some a week or 5 some a week, and I'm like, okay, like, this money is good. So, you know, at that point, you know, in grad school, you don't go to school, what, two nights a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at that point, like I was working and I started like putting, you know, the money be good. You're going to start putting work before school. So, you know, I actually started working more because like I was actually like motivated, like that money was good. You know, I was going out of town. I was buying mm-hmm. hair. I was just doing whatever I wanted to do with the money. So I started putting before and then I was just like, yo, I'm not motivated. At one point, I didn't go to class for like two weeks. <laughs> I yeah, I attended okay. Zoom sessions. Look, I attended Zoom sessions, but like I was not going to class because like I was like, dang, like I've been working so much, my body's tired, I need a break. Like I catch up with my work then. So I started slacking with my work a little bit. I mean, I passed my classes, but you know, in grad school you cannot make a C. Yeah. So I, I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna pause and I was like, Yeah, maybe I'll come back later if I'm actually motivated. Quick question. Do you think the pandemic made grad school more difficult or do you think it would have been just as difficult without the pandemic? 
Mm, I actually think it would have been better without the pandemic because, you know, for us, you know, at, at our job, we saw GAs. We saw them mm-hmm. all together, all working together. You know, there mm-hmm. was a neat click. Like, they helped each other out. You know, like, we always heard them, did you do this? What did you do for this? Like, that was actually helping each right. other. And when I got to grad school, I thought it was, oh, yeah, I'm going to come in. Like, I'm going to have my own click. We're going to work with each other. It's going to be nice if I need some help. They're going to help me. And just like you said, like, I was the only like dang near black person in like my whole cohort. Like was I was weird. the only code that it was weird. And like most of the people did attend the Zoom session. Mind you, in my grad school, mo- everybody was grown. Like that was already special <laughs> ed teachers. Like that was special ed teachers. Like they'd be on Zoom. Like you hear their kids in the background, like, mommy. They be like, hold on, like I'm on I'm in class. And then it was only me and five other students in the classroom. And all these people were from Tupelo. They traveled from Tupelo and um to go to class, but they was already RBTs, which basically that's my field right now. I'm an RBT is a registered mm-hmm. behavior technician technician. So I was like, oh, okay, like and I be in class, like it was like four of them was white and one of them was black. She was a black girl, but I mean like it wasn't like she wasn't trying to help me. Like we the same color. Like, why are you not trying to help me succeed? Just like because that mindset of you gotta compete with your one, I mean, you know, like I know, like when you the only people in there, you're trying to compete with them, but you sometimes lose out because you got to help your own people. I mean, I don't know if you know a kid named Cayman. He and I were like the only black biomeds in my class, I think, that finished out. And it was difficult because what we had to learn a lot in college, we were beginning on our own. Little did we know there were kids who really, like you said in your last podcast, people had the exams, tests everything you needed to know. So it seemed like they were getting it so much easier that like, you're like, ain't no way I'm dumb, but how are they figuring this out? Cause we learned the same, we got the same information on Monday and they ready for it by Friday. And I done seen them go out and party 50 more times than I have. I'm in the library studying all day and I, and it's cause they weren't stressing. I didn't learn really until the end of my junior year that people had all the answers. And it didn't click to me why it was so difficult until I had a teacher actually he was a minority. I am not going to say his name or anything like that. But um, he took me into the classroom. He said, you have to understand, these kids have the answers and there's nothing I can do about it. He says, so it's going to be more difficult because you are, you know, a color of per- a person of color. And I was like, it clicked that it was going to be more difficult no matter what. And it was just the cards that were dealt. And I could either fold or figure it out. So I had to figure it out. Now, once I started figuring it out about who I could get the help from, I made sure that my peers that were minorities could get the same answers I got. So it made it a little difficult because I had to make a connection with people that I really didn't relate with, but I was doing it for the greater good because my people deserve the same chance they got. Like I'm all for, if everybody has the same fair fight, there's no issue. But if somebody's cheating and they win, I don't really think it's celebrated or should be celebrated. So that's more so where I, I get being somebody who wants to do something different and not having someone around you that looks like you, it makes it feel like you're the only one doing it. (laughs) So. That is true. Like for undergrad for me, like, like I'd like, dang, okay, we've been class and I'd be like, oh, like, dang, look at these like white tees. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like in my major, it was a lot of white tees, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure. They'd be passing, like, you know, Thursday be their party night, you know, it's the middle of the week. And I'd be like, oh my God, like, 
they're out, like they're drinking, they're this, they then they passing. But the thing is, they're not smart enough. They actually just work together. Like I'm right. telling you, like the frats and sorority, they begin to test, and that's how they be passing and stuff like that. It's not the fact that they're smart enough. They just got up, and they always gonna have one up on us. Like, or they, they would have the the they have their own Greek Quizlet groups, mm-hmm. so they'd be in there, and you'd be like, or they all shared the same. Uh, what was that? Chegg. Everybody had like they had a Greek Chegg that gave the answers to a lot of stuff. I mean, I didn't realize college is really a system yeah. in certain stuff than it is actual education. Now, yes, there are some people who get it and can click it, but for the most part, it's if you know somebody in college, you can do college a lot easier than if you're just trying to study on your own. So it's one of those, like, I didn't figure that out till late. But for me, I mean, I had extracurricular activities like uh, I was a mascot, so I was busy. And I didn't really have enough time to really make friends like that because I had to go to work all the time. So I didn't realize it until I slowed down or classes weren't as much that I could get help and have a peer group. And it really, the end of college was a lot easier than the beginning, I would say that. So. Yeah, that is true. I so, story how we met. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You go first, Trey. Go. Uh, I mean, I didn't realize I did uh access that's a program at Mississippi State where we work with students with intellectual disabilities and you know we we start off there's like different tiers you have a a college coach you have yeah your peer mentors and I started as a mentor and I had a few kids that I clicked with and then I one of the like leaders of the group told me I should join the, the college coach program and I did and Ironically, that was the only job I had where I saw a lot more black people than I did <laughs> white people, which was funny. It was like it was like and I didn't realize everybody like people had the same feeling about students with intellectual disabilities as I did. Because for me, that's always been my tug of war. I did a uh, Special Olympics all the way up from middle school all the way up to college. So it's always been one of my things because most people don't realize Kids with intellectual disabilities disabilities are probably the best people in the world because mm-hmm. they don't judge. They're not thinking about the what stuff we worry about. Like they yeah. they deal with betrayal a lot easier. They kind of forgive a lot of stuff in love because their biggest desire is they want to make friends. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't realize, we kind of do the same thing. I mean, the only difference is we're our disability usually is social media or trying to please everybody. So those kids don't have that grasp of it doesn't actually, they get that it doesn't matter. What really matters is working hard, spending time with friends and having fun. So I ran into you and me and you were way different, but we were actually way more similar than most people thought. Because a lot of people, I, I have the that intimidation factor. A lot of people believed I was a, uh, how do you say it, more Uncle Thomas than I was yeah. a brother. <laughs> and it, it happens. I mean, I, I wouldn't judge people. But I, I laughed. A lot of people thought that of me because usually people saw me around white, white people. But that's <laughs> but that's usually because my job surrounded me. Like when you're working in with cheerleaders, you're not going to see that many African-American people. Or, I mean, I did choir as well. And it's the there's not that many. Most of the stuff I did didn't surround me around people that looked like me. So it made it. I understood that grasp of the people I was hanging around with was more white people, but I love black people. And I hung out once I found my niche, which was access. You guys definitely made college a lot easier and more fun. 
And I think everybody understood that we all are pretty much putting the same face on. Hello? I think it Sorry went out. about that bad connection. It dropped. I was no problem. So, uh, what part clicked out? Um, I think you were talking about some when you was around the white tees, Uncle Tom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I had that image until most people who who knew me, y'all understood. So once, but that's really kind of the gig in college. You really just got to play the system until it works for you, mm-hmm. and it it does come with having people judge you, and you know they always think that all skin folks ain't kin folks, but some skin folks, all some skin folks are actually working just in different ways. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like it was one of those. I never really. Honestly, I just want to be treated like me. I didn't care about being black or white, but it was hard. You didn't see a lot of black. One, you know how it is. Freshman year, you see a lot of black people. Is it because we went to a PWI? Do you think I would that's def- I would say that. Okay. But from what a lot of people told me, when you're younger, they recommend if you go to a PWI high school, you should probably go to a HBCU college. And if you went to a, HB, a more black high school, you should go to a PWI just so you can learn to integrate. Mm-hmm. And I... Surrounding myself around PWI for you know you know how parents are they want you to go to a good school yeah so they make you go to the school up on the hill and that's all you see and all you know so my actual big transition happened probably like middle school is when I had to realize like that you know certain people weren't out to help me out so I think that did make a difference and the things that attracted me like you know you don't see many black people trying to be a mascot that's not a thing <laughs> or <laughs> biomed engineering like now. There's a lot of people who do engineering, but biomed is very like picky, if that makes sense. And when I went in, I went in, tried. My dad had a kidney failure for 12 years. He just got his kidney last year, but that was my passion, making machines that work on human bodies because it hit me at home. So a lot of people, it's one of those fields, you're going to have to be connected to it to be able to do it because it's difficult. I mean, you take all kind of courses that you actually will never use in the real world, but you have to learn to have so much knowledge on everything. So. It was one of those, once people who knew me, they understood that, nah, I'm pretty much me all the time. There's no acting this way or acting that way. I'm pretty goofy, funny, and hardworking. So that was what I really wanted people to realize, not even look at a color. So me and you clicked because our connection with the Access program made us understand that we really weren't that far off and different. And also, I'm one of those people, if somebody needed a helping hand, I didn't care what color you were, I was going to help out, so. Yeah, I know. He came and picked me up drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I was the, you know, you know, I was the uh, good kid that never went out. I usually just cooked all the time. That was my uh, Y'all, Trey out. cooked all the time. I'm talking about some. That's all he did on his Snapchat. Still do on his Snapchat. Like Actually, me and my girlfriend are going to grill tonight. Well, she said, we got to get up so we can go ahead and get some uh, food to put on the grill. We're going to try putting some uh, vegetables on the grill this weekend, too. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> Do you think that college was actually worth it in the end? Yes, but not for the education. In the real world. Yeah. I feel like you learn your most lessons in college. Like, that's what I said. Uh, You said you like my other podcast. Y'all also, Trevor, give me advice on my podcast. He said I say like too much. but You've been better this episode. I really have. Um, He said, no, like I said in my other podcast, I feel as if like, 
when you in college, you so used to being on your parents' roof and hearing what they got to say, mm-hmm. and then you actually go to the real world, you try to apply things. I feel like the most challenging things was in college. Like, you, you start dating, financial problems. I feel like the brokest mm-hmm. I've ever been in college. I don't feel like people realize how broke you are into college. And you meet other people like, oh, you're broke too? We're but broke you're so much happier you know? that way. <laughs> like, it's funny. I, I feel like it builds character. College actually does build character. I think college also teach me effort beats education any day. Because I'm going to tell you this now. I don't think I was the absolute smartest kid in college, mm-hmm. but I worked so hard. Most of the people, the teachers saw that, and they weren't going to get in my way. And I, that's why, like, when you were, like, tell kids to go to class, that matters. There were some kids, I kid you not, I had a, a teacher. I knew I was struggling in this class, and I went to him all the time. And in the end, I just told him, I was like, I don't think I can do it. And he said, well, let's just pray about it. And I don't know what was in that prayer, but that bad grade from a 68 turned into an 82 overnight. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah. I guess there's power in prayer. I'm but sure. teachers pay attention to certain things. If they they're not going to get in your way if you mm-hmm. are trying to be successful. But you got to let your teachers know, hey, uh-huh. you're not getting in my way. I'm going to get this degree and I got to get up out of here. So, it but is. would I go back and take classes all day and night? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. It, it's not worth it. Like in some classes, you didn't even learn anything. Like you really just in some classes, you just had to be the grade. Like well, it was you, just the grade. But that's how the real world works. I don't know yeah. why they keep charging us for electricity the same rate. But sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do to pay bills. So mm-hmm. uh, leaving school, tell me about that for you. Leaving school? Mm-hmm. Oof. Um. Okay. So you know after. Grad, no, not yeah. After grad, like I had to move back home, which was not my choice. Mm-hmm. It, it was already hard because I didn't know like what the world was gonna be like. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like are we about to die? Like, is yeah. it apocalypse? Like, like what is really going on? <laughs> so the only safe thing to do for me was to do what I know, and there was school. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to grad school. Like, I had the choice between the University of Memphis or. You know, I got to step in the University of Memphis and I got to step in this state up. I already know state. I already know people. So it's like, I'm going to stay mm-hmm. in state. So it's like, okay. I didn't have no backup plan. So after grad school and work, I was like, okay, I'm going to move back home. Like, it's a better choice for me to, you know, to move back home. So I moved back home, which was not, not the ideal choice. You know, you're living on your own, doing what you want to mm-hmm. do. So going back under your folks' roof where all these rules are there watching you 24 7 and i feel like you know you as the older you get you know i feel like i'm like how can you're I more mature than they see you yeah i'm very more mature than they see me but of course they're not gonna give me fucking credit for it but no, no moving back home i feel like it was like a disappointment kind of like dang like you you back like you settled like you back in your hometown like you went up to school got this for your degree like and you back here like this wasn't the plan i don't know i feel like I kind of settled in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I should have went out and I should have took a risk. And even mm-hmm. if I went out and took a risk and if it didn't work out, at least I fucking try and come back here. But I got, I, I got a job. But, I mean, it was the first job that came available to me, like, after coming back mm-hmm. to school. I got a job mm-hmm. and a certificate. But I feel as if, like, nowadays, like, I feel like $15 is minimum wage. I don't know what fucking why. Like, it's yeah. minimum wage. I can so, agree with that. I haven't been applying everywhere because I don't know. I want a job that I make salary and that I can actually like take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna at the end of this, I would like to discuss the whole salary thing. I'll tell you when I start when we talk about the job search. The job oh well, search. we can talk about that now. So 
when I left school, I had a different situation. I was in a previous relationship, so I planned on moving back in with the previous relationship, starting life. That meant, though, I usually had to get a job. So everybody was walking around, I'm proud of you, I'm proud of you. But people don't understand. Don't be proud of me. Help me get a job because no one's helping out. And then I'm like, if you think it's difficult to graduate as a minority in my field, to find a job was borderline impossible. So I took, uh, it was kind of a technician-like engineering job, but it was paying $14 an hour. I'm thinking to myself, I just graduated, but it was either take that route or, you know, work at a sandwich shop or do so. So it's like, and I didn't want to get my master's because I was like, I'm already, I mean, I'm not in massive debt, but I'm like, I'm already in debt. Grad school is going to be more debt. And then I might come back out of grad school and still be in the same situation. It makes me laugh. It's like, they want you to have a college degree, but they only going to pay you $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. So, but I took the risk and then I took the, I took the job. It was just a job. I mean, ironically, I only stayed there six months and this was probably the hardest thing I ever did when I, me and the previous relationship ended and I had to figure out what I was going to do. And that push led me to applying for new jobs. And I, there was this one job that popped up and the job was going to be pretty much triple my salary. And I didn't think I was qualified because I only had six months of experience. But I'll tell you this now, most people just need certain qualifications. Your interview is really going to get you in. Because when I applied, I told my I usually had one of those like subtle interviews where I'm like polite and I'm nice and I'm like, absolutely, you know, this is what I'm good at, uh, blah, blah, blah. But this time, like I, in my interview, I just told my, who would then be boss, I'm like, if you don't hire me, this is going to be the biggest mistake you made. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're going to come down here 10 years down the line and you're going to realize I worked hard. I said, now what I don't have in experience, I have in hard work. I, I'm going to work. I'm going to give all the hours I can. So it was one of those, I had to like talk to myself and talk to that guy and tell him like, hey, no, I'm, I'm hot grit. So if you're in an interview, you don't have to always be super subtle. You don't have to be cocky, but you got to at least let people know that you believe in yourself. Because if you don't talk and say you believe in yourself, how are they going to believe in you? So, but when I first started applying, I was so young. I didn't know anything about the job. He told me that my job was salary non-exempt. And I asked him, what in the heck is that? <laughs> so salary non-exempt means I'm on salary. So if I work 40 hours, I get the 40. If I work 20 hours, I get the 40. But if I work over 40, I get paid the overtime for the 40. And that's actually, nobody even taught me that. When I told my mom that, she was like, what is that? And my mom, she makes good money, but she'd never heard of salary non-exempt. And none of my family had. So they were like, let me get this straight. So your own salary, but you also get paid for the overtime if you work the overtime. And that's usually something you want to actually look for because salary is, yes, it's great, but there's no such thing as having a salary job and not working 50 plus hours. It's impossible. So in, in turn, you get cheated out if you work salary. Like case in point, teachers. Teachers work way more than 40 hours, but their salary. And it's not fair that they don't get paid for those extra hours they put in for their job. So I would say if you're looking for something, look more towards a salary non-exempt or if it's hourly, the benefit package matters. Because I tell my the thing that got me over that hump, the competitiveness of your your um benefits package has to be just as competitive as your salary. Like mm-hmm. almost like basically like half. So if your benefits equate to about half your salary, you should take that job because it matters. I mean, you know, our family not talking about no 401k and stuff it like matters. that. Like, like it's it's just certain things that aren't taught in our community. 
So it was one of those, I had to learn a lot of this, but that also came with, I had to be friends with my peers. And most of my peers, I mean, I, you'll laugh, all my friends are 55 years old and up that are at my job. And I'm, again, the only black person on the staff and the only person under 30 on the staff. So you can tell it's, it's a little different. But one thing that always matters is if people know you're going to work hard, they're going to give you what you need to succeed. But that's that's a hard thing. But I, I knew when I was younger, I was like, I told my girlfriend this yesterday. I was like, sometimes I think, and I'm like, the only reason I got the job probably is because I'm black and I'm young, but that's not the reason I'm going to keep the job. So sometimes people got to use those microaggressions and the Jesse Jackson's for their benefits because everybody has a quota to fix. But once you get in, if you get in the door, work your tail off and you're going to probably stay in the door. So when yeah. you start looking for another job, look for something salary non-exempt. <laughs> I feel as if once you're looking for, um, like, I ain't gonna lie, when I did my interview, it was horrible because I never had a serious interview. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. most of my jobs has really been, you know, this this is my first job after college. I'm like, you know, my mm-hmm. first big girl job. So it was like when I got an interview that was like, okay, what what's your desired salary? What is this? Like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And I was like, a lot oh, of money. <laughs> yeah, I just look, I just want money. <laughs> like, I fucked up, but no, seriously, I feel as if now, like after I had my first interview, you have to see what 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 do they offer you. Yeah, you need a job and stuff like that. But what do they offer you? Like my health insurance benefit is crap. Like it's really just crap. Like they don't offer me anything. They actually do all this extra stuff, but they're not willing to pay. I just had my three, the reason why I'm really looking for a new job. I just had my three months evaluation, and they said once you know. After your 90 days, you know, you you get get a raise and all raise. stuff like that. No one has got a raise since they've been there. And they, most of the people have been there over a year now. Everybody's still at the same salary. It's like, you're trying to qualify me. You're giving me more responsibilities, but you're not trying to pay me for my work. Everyone in my job is has a college degree and a um certificate. Like, we have extra stuff under our belt to make mm-hmm. sure that, you that know, you like, we be paid. pay more. But we, we're not getting paid for what we were. So I feel as if, like, after a while, like, yeah, if the job is nice, don't get comfortable. And I feel as if, like, most people out there, they get out of college, you know, they find a good paying job, they get comfortable, and they settle. And I feel like that's my biggest fear right now, settling. I do not want to settle for nothing. I feel like it's up. Oh, I've been here. My auntie's like, oh, you should stay there for a year to get experience. No, I've been there since May. What is it? It's October the second. Like I'm, I'm ready to bounce. I'm trying to see. I've been applying for jobs everywhere, and I think I'm trying to wait to after the holidays because you know you have to wait, um, after ninety days anyways to you know get mm-hmm. holiday pay and all that stuff. You know all mm-hmm. the holidays are finna come up anyways. So it's like I'm trying to wait and see like okay like how far you know like I can go. But I've been applying anywhere, and if the first interview somebody hired me, I'm gone. And then well, also, I would say also, you got to up ball yourself. When I first applied for the job, he asked me what my desired salary was. And truth be told, what they don't understand, and I'm glad I didn't tell them, they could have paid me probably $20,000 less than I was going to take the job because the job I had, I mean, $14 an hour really yeah. ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. I'm going to pay 15 It ain't nothing. And when I gave him a number, I was thinking, well, this will just ease out my life. When that man called me back and offered me more than what I asked for, I said, dang, I probably lowballed myself even more than I thought. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I mean, he was telling me basically I was going to get triple my worth. I was going to be able to have, like, my first job, I couldn't even have insurance because I didn't make enough money. 
Mm-hmm. Like this job, I mean, my biggest worry at this point is why is Uncle Sam taking twelve hundred dollars um every two weeks from me? Yep. <laughs> now, so it's 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 funny, but also I realized a lot of my when I got my job, the hardest part was probably also a lot of my peers didn't have the same job I had. So it was certain things I couldn't even go to advice. My parents, I couldn't go to them for advice about certain things because it's it's uncharted territory. I mean, my parents have insurance, but it's, you know, they work with a company, this, that, and the other, or they just didn't have a situation. Because I told my uh, my dad and my mom, they, they, they differ on telling me advice because I asked them what they would do if they were in my situation. They say, well, when I was 25 years old, I had two kids, so I didn't have enough time to really focus on myself or my future. I had to worry about paying the bills and feeding me all. So I had to learn. I was kind of out on my own, and then uh, my girlfriend, she's she's more mature than I could ever be. So she had a house. She has a house, you know, working on getting her master's. And so I got a lot of my advice from her, but most of my parents, they couldn't really give me certain advice. I mean, they taught me how to survive, and, you know, we all know how to survive once you learn that. But learning that you're not surviving anymore, you got to start planning for the future is way more difficult. It's yeah. back in the days I was used to think I was like, well, Lord, just make sure I can wait till I can afford a kid. Now mm-hmm. I can afford a kid, and it's like with all this craziness going on in the world, you don't. Do I want know, a kid, <laughs> or do I want to bring a kid into a world that's evil? Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those. It's or case in point. Uh, I was we were have I was having a discussion. So with the company I have, they gave me a company car. I had never heard of no job giving no company car in my life. So a lot of the stuff I was just brand new to. And you don't know your worth until you go out there and take a risk on yourself. Because mm-hmm. truly, the guy who I was competing with, he had 15 years of experience. So I promise you it had to have been God the only reason I got that job. But you really don't understand what's out there for you unless you take a risk of something that you've never done. Because... I didn't think I was going to get the job, but I went out there and swung like I ain't had no chance. I mean, I, I swung like I was going to hit a home run, even if I didn't think I had a chance. So it's just, it's a lot to learn. But I would tell you, find somebody you see successful and ask them, because I learned more from my failures than I did from my successes. It's, yeah. it's just, it's difficult. I mean, I hear like in your podcast, I see a lot of, you're figuring it out and it's okay that you're still figuring it out because the people who think they got it together still are figuring it out. I mean, I still sit on a daily basis and worry about money. Like I, I have a Jeep and I keep thinking to myself, I barely drive this Jeep. I should sell this Jeep. And I don't know why I would want to sell the Jeep because I like the Jeep. I just don't drive it as much. And can I complain that God has given me two vehicles? No. I, so I'm like, if those are my problems in life, as long as you feed yourself, you can figure it out. Truly, but never stay in a certain place because I'm also still updating my resume and I do plan on being with my job for a few years, truly, but you never know. Some job might come in and they might offer me triple what my job's giving me. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, uh, I would say just being prepared for anything could flip over and your life could change in a, in a matter a of seconds. seconds. Yep. So I will always be updating my resume. <laughs> Find you some friends that are more successful than you. Because that's the only way you can get through it. Yeah, I have people around you who are actually trying to figure it out. I mean, some of my peers are homeowners, some of my peers. And then when I did get out of college, going back to your peers who didn't finish college is different because you're thinking differently. 
like I don't know if you knew, but like some friends, if they don't go to college, they don't have debt. Now they do have other issues going on, mm-hmm. but they're not thinking like, oh, I got to pay my bills. And it seems like they're successful, and they might be because they also don't have a lot of debt to the name. They had their own apartment, but they also what we don't realize is while we spent four or five years in college trying to figure it out, they had to get those bumps and bruises without college. So it's like, it seems like they're more ahead, but it's just, they've had more practice. And eventually once you get your practice in, I would say also stacking up your money. If if I can go back, I mean, I'd probably stay with my parents right now (laughs) if I could, because these bills ain't no joke. Mm. So, I mean, but I don't know. College, how was it? Who did you go to? Because you said you were a first-year student, right? A first-generation college mm-hmm. grad. Mm-hmm. Who did you want to go to or who did you go to once you finished up school for, like, support and advice? Support and advice? Um, I really don't know because I every time I vented to my people, it was, like, stay in school, like, stay in school. Like, I live with my auntie. That's who, like, kind of raised me. And she'd be like, well, I finished school. I took care of all y'all. And um, I went, I got my master's at night. I used to work two jobs. Took care of y'all and went to school. But, I mean, I'd be like, you had to. Like, I'm not trying to doubt you. Yeah. Um, your goals. But it's like, 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 you had to. I don't I don't think, like, they know. Yeah, it was stressful. But I feel like it, I feel like college actually is mentally, physically. It takes every toll it's on you. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot and like I try, I used to try to vent to my, my dad that didn't work we always used to get in that big heated debate so you know I vent to my friends and they'd be like well you know do what makes you happy like I don't, I don't feel as if you're happy and you know it's your life so most of the time like I didn't I didn't really have anybody that I can come talk to so it was always stressful with a lot of like you know nights crying and me mm-hmm. writing in my journal and I started journaling or whatever like they writing in my journal and it was a lot of nights you know I really cried to God like God just like like give me a sign and like he kept giving me a sign over and over again and like I used do to you think place. your faith got stronger with I'm sorry do you think your faith got stronger with going to college or yes yes indeed because like I didn't we didn't go to church like I didn't I didn't have to go to church I didn't I didn't have to read the bible and, like, mm-hmm. one of my closest friends, her name is Tierra, like, her family is, like, very religious. Like, her daddy, like, is a pastor or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, you know, she'd be, like, do you just pray to God? And I'm, like, why? I got to pray to God. Like, God, why God? And then I was, like, oh, my God. Like, it helps. It, it truly does help. It makes you feel better. We used to go to church. I used to read the Bible. And mm-hmm. I used to be, like, Tierra, can you help me, like, understand? And, like, she would help me. Like, we would read the strips together. And, like, she would break it down. She was, like, and if you don't understand, like, you can um ask my um papa, which is her granddad, which is I love him. Every time I go over there, like, he's the sweetest. And he'd be, like, papa be, like, this mean, this. Like, they'll break down the scriptures to me. And I'd be, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually helps. Like, it really does. Now, ironically, me and my pastor were really close. So, after I graduated... I don't know if I was trying to duck everybody because I was too <laughs> shameful because I didn't have a, the job that I wanted and this, that, and the other. But I was like, man, like I was so embarrassed because you have this degree and everybody mm-hmm. acts like you have literally won the World Series. Or, and, and it's like, no, I really just gave myself more problems because now I, I got to figure out how to pay back all mm-hmm. of this knowledge that mm-hmm. I really had to earn. Fight <laughs> so for like, so, I mean, and my pastor was like, he spent a lot of time, We he called, and like, he called me, almost seemed like every time I needed some type of advice, or 
some type of risk because I went through a lot of change going back home. When you go back home, when you leave home and they celebrate you because you're leaving to go be better and you come back home and they swear you're better, but you don't think you're any different. You're just Mm -hmm. more worried. I mean, yes, you know how to take care of yourself, but you also are going from being super independent to having to go back and be dependent on a lot of people. Because And these people are looking towards you for, like, how do I get better? How do I do this? And you're like, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out myself. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was one of those, my faith definitely got a lot stronger in a sense. But with COVID happening also right after I graduated, you want to be in the church all day and night, <laughs> but you can't be because everybody's sick and this, that, and the other. And Six feet. Yes. For me, also, I laugh with uh, I with my job. So I fix sterilizers. So whenever they lock the everything down, I still go to work. So for me, the difference between the pandemic after I graduated was I was always at work and nobody else was at work. Mm. So it's like, I mean, the essential worker thing was it was weird. Like my first day at my first biomed like job was the first day the pandemic really got serious. So I would tell everybody also take the job before the job. You never really know. It doesn't pay much, no, but what you can learn is you're not there for a lot. Like my sister, she just finished up school and she's going through the, I'm trying to find my job. I don't know what I want to do. And I keep telling her, I'm like, hey, you're going to have to learn to take the job before the job, build some connections and not ever think you're permanently there. Because when I tell you, when that job came in, I was six months in my job and I could have cared less. I said, well, I know what I'm worth now. When I first came in, that first job, you don't know your worth. You, you just don't know your worth. To get, you just took it because you know you, you back you're at just home. Trying to get, man, you're trying to get paid. <laughs> like It's like, man, all my friends is out. They can go to the club. Club? I can't do nothing. You're like, I might go to the movies, but I can't go nowhere after that. Or, I mean, and when you're in a relationship, it's like, good God, you got so much stuff to take care of. You got bills. I mean... I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, no, nah, I got to figure something out. I know I can't do all this on $14 an hour. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Or also understand that sometimes your trust is important. and Because you think once you graduate, there are certain friends you swear down you're going to see all the time, but everybody moves on. Yep. So that was probably another hard thing for me to realize. Like, my college friends don't see me as much, so we're not as close. And my close friends from home look at me differently because I went to college so it's one of those you you sit there and you're thinking to yourself why is everybody so different and the truth is you're really just different and it it puts you it puts you in a funk like I know I spent maybe like six months after graduation just sad like always never thinking I was good enough I'm a gym head I love to work out all the time I didn't want to go to the gym I didn't want to get up. I felt like I had failed. And my pastor kept telling me, he's like, well, I mean, you spent five years in college. You're not even six months out in the real world. How do you expect to get a degree in five years but not get, but not be patient enough to get a good job? I'm mm. like, and it, it, it hurt, the but it was the truth. Said something I'm telling you, like, he, he, he was adamant on, you're a good person. Do the good things and just be in the right position when it's time for your calling to happen. Because it's going to happen. And you don't see that until it happens. And then everybody says, you know, just keep grinding and hustling. And then you be like, man, I ain't trying to hit it. I'm trying to get paid. And it's, you got to really, truth be told, 
I mean, and it's like one of those, I wouldn't have got this job had someone, the guy who had this job had been here for years. He hurt his back, decided not to come back. And it happened right around the same time I finished up school. Because this job, I'll put it this way, everybody at my job has been here almost 10 years. Everybody, I mean, 10 years, the the closest is nine. So it's one of those, once you get in the job, you're you in the it. job. But those are the hardest ones to keep or to get in because there's not many people moving around. There's not stuff shifting around. Everybody's in because they want to be in. It pays well. The benefits are good. So it's like, hey, they took a risk too because they got this kid fresh out of college. He doesn't know left from right. I mean, I didn't have my own apartment when I got this job. And that was another thing. Uh, my uh, When I first finished up, I had this job. And yes, I had a lot of money. This, that, and the other. And this was nice. But I didn't have an apartment. I didn't know how much it cost for some couches, for appliances. <laughs> this you have. Man, or learning how to set up a light bill. Learning certain stuff like they put your light bill onto your credit. Or... Also learning how to manage credit and this, that, and the other. And I'm still figuring it out. But having, mm-hmm. like, so it's like, yes, when you get all the money, it's nice, but you have to learn certain stuff still. So everything, being broke is a process, being middle class, because I consider myself more middle class, and being rich is all a process. You just have to learn that, mm-hmm. that everybody's trying to figure it out. Once you look at everybody that, like, for me, I can no learn just as much. Man, you can learn just as much from a janitor as you can a CEO. I swear to God. I promise. Everybody's all in the same boat trying to figure everything out. I feel but, like you have more advice because you've been out here longer. But for me, like you know, I'm I'm in my little my little six month process the, going through it. But the funny thing is, in three days, it'll only be my one year from my new job. Mm. <laughs> so it's just one of those. But it's like, I think your platform is really good because. A lot of people don't realize how similar we are. Like when I heard you talk about your first, your first semester of school. Now I didn't struggle like that bad, but I did have my first bad grade. I was like, "Oh my god, am I like just an absolute failure?" And yeah, if, if you felt like, and you realize it's just certain things I was doing, and people will say like, you know, I never partied, but if you are on campus, I'm a mascot. If we got an away mm-hmm. game, I gotta go. I'm like, you know how hard it is to study when Friday you're on a bus or getting on a plane, you got the game on Saturday, you're flying back Saturday evening or driving back Saturday evening or driving back Sunday morning, and you got all this weekend of homework to do, and you got about five hours to get 18 hours worth of class done and be ready for class tomorrow. You don't have time. Don't. <laughs> so it's like it might as well have been like going out and partying all weekend and not studying because you just don't have the time. And they say student athlete, but – it's really not a thing. It's athlete student. <laughs> Cause I mean, they're separate. So it's like, people don't even see that. I get like a lot of people think the jocks are dumb and this, that, and the other. And they it's really, they, they, they really don't have, and they'll be having morning practices and all that extra shit. Man, you're, you're, you're an employee and you go to school <laughs> by option. So it's like, I laugh. Cause like when, uh, they just started allowing athletes to start getting money for, uh, their likeness. And I'm thinking to myself, it's due time. Like if you think about it, the mascot made so much money for the program. We do so many events. I mean, I did weddings and I don't know, you know that big museum in Memphis, like the art museum? Mm-hmm. I did a wedding there. So if somebody was rich enough to rent that place out, you know they got money. Now the program makes a lot of money and I get a sixty dollar tip. Think about that. So 60? it's like 
Yeah, and I have to take my time out on the weekend, drive all the way up to Memphis in my vehicle, <laughs> drive Gas back down, mileage. man, putting miles on the car. Now, giving them give you a hotel, but it's like you are an employee, and you still have to manage keeping good grades too. That's not easy. <laughs> so That's it's not. and then I mean, for me, engineering was like. A lot of my teachers didn't like athletes or people associated with athletes. They thought we were lazy. So they weren't helping out either. So it's one of those, you, you feel like you're on an island when you do certain things. But it, it'll if you work hard, it'll come out. Uh, any other stuff you want to discuss? Like, where are you now? Like, what are, you, what are your favorite hobbies currently? Like, what are you doing for yourself to improve yourself? To improve myself, mm-hmm. um, I have gotten into like the crystals and like the um the chakras, so mm-hmm. I do that. I got my little incense. I like those. I actually mm-hmm. do. I like reading books. I'm really trying to um get better at saving money because I do not want to stay at my folks' house long. Mm-hmm. Even like I'm, I told you, like when we had our conversation the other day, I really want to take a risk mm-hmm. and like you know move to Texas. I feel like it's a better opportunity in Texas, but. I feel like I was just scared, so I want to mm-hmm. take a better risk. I have started a podcast, a journal. I feel as if I have more insights on life that I can help people. Even though I haven't been through a lot, I feel as if, like, mm-hmm. like you, you've been through a lot. Like, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a lot of people with this podcast. And there's other people that have asked to come on my podcast so they can get the insights. And, like, you know, we can actually realize that we're all going through the same things. And if we're mm-hmm. all going through the same things, we can actually help each other. True. Um, also, what I've been every day I apply for jobs. I'm talking about every day. Mm. Every day I apply for jobs. Like I be at work applying for jobs. So are you I'm applying like, in state or out as well? Um, right now it's just been in state, but now I'm gonna start applying like out state. I'm gonna start mm-hmm. playing. Um, I'm gonna find. I've been watching YouTube, and everybody been talking about Texas, like how they've been finding jobs, like outside mm. of Texas. And another thing, it was crazy is when I came home, I was applying for jobs in Texas, and um here and mm-hmm. like texas like when my job was playing that was playing from 20 to 24 dollars out here like now you do know like, the cost of living is a little different so it yeah might... it is <laughs> now so making a lot of money is nice but if you got to spend out a lot of money that's also you got to yeah. find that that balance that balance so, do you think uh you said crystals and incense explain what that is because i'm more of those i go to the gym and that's kind of my only therapy that and I like, spend time grilling. <laughs> like, okay, chakras, like, they, mm-hmm. like there's different. Um, There's seven chakras that you have, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like your head. It's like you got your um your crown, which is, you know, your head, your third mm-hmm. eye. Mm-hmm. And then you have your throat. Then you have your heart. Then your mm-hmm. solar plex, your root, and your shara. Like, they're all, like, they're just different. Basically, and then like so, it like, balances you. Yeah, it balances. It's like if something is off, mm-hmm. like if your back hurting or something like that. And also, they have a YouTube which I go to sleep to every night. Like it's just like it makes like your negative vibes go away. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, when I listen to it at night and go to sleep, like it actually makes me like you know feel very relaxed in the morning okay. and stuff like that. Uh, maybe weird, but I don't know. Like crystals, I really haven't got into all my crystals good enough but like my auntie like she gives me a crystal like i have like a lion eye Mm -hmm. and it basically like it watches over you or whatever like that and like it's a lot of crystals like you can buy them on amazon i feel like a big packing and stuff like that but i also Mm -hmm. really 
don't want to get deep deep into it but it's like maybe i can get deep into it also i have followed mm-hmm. david ramsey on fucking instagram because I you know yeah david ramsey like he's really good i remember in high school we used to watch his videos in money management class and i was like how does man know all this stuff about money because he's been through stuff so i followed him you know to get mm-hmm. better advice yesterday mm-hmm. i went on my account my banking account i said like, okay time to set up a budget and i had saw that i spent in the it said in the last thirty days, I have spent two thousand dollars, and I was like, "What the fuck? That spent two thousand dollars on?" <laughs> and I looked, and it was like entertainment, two hundred dollars, <laughs> eating out, four hundred dollars. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you suck at money management, Danisha. Like, you need to do a better job." So I was like, "Okay, like now it's time to set up a budget." So I was like, okay, like I'm gonna put seventy five dollars in this bank account. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put seventy five dollars here, and I was like, put one fifty on your credit card bill, like. And I was just like, oh, but then I was like, oh my god, like, am I gonna be able to save because my birthday's next month, and then like Christmas is the month after that, like you know, mm-hmm. around that time. So I already be like, hmm. So I was like, she started January, and I was like, no, you need to start now, bitch. You have to start now. So <laughs> I was like. So I'm really all over the place in the process of yeah, I'm trying to move in. But that's the point of life. Nobody has it all figured out. Like I don't know why people shun not having it together. What would you do if you had it all together? Be bored. (laughs) Still be fucking lost. And stressed about how do I keep it? So I tell her, I'm like, it's it's like you said it was weird. How is it weird that you're not harming somebody, but you're practicing something to make you a better person? Because some people say, like for me. I wake up four o'clock most every morning, hour four thirty at the latest. I'm at the gym by five o'clock. Me and my dad go on the morning times now, but like that's me. I get up five o'clock in the morning, and I lift weights for an hour and fifteen minutes every morning, and then I go to work, and that keeps me peaceful. And for certain people, it might get up at four o'clock and play the video game for an hour. As long as you're not harming anybody, and you're not doing something that's detrimental towards your health, I don't see why it's a bad thing is what I'm getting at. Like, you got to try new stuff because how do you know if you like it or not or if you're good at it if you don't try it? True. Like, my uh my stepmother, she's very big on the vibrations and frequencies. And I'm not into it, but I don't think it. she seems happier, so I'm, I'm happy for her. Or my girlfriend, she reads, and she'll do – she likes these poem books, and they're, like, really short. And she'll read that, and she'll be at peace with life. Or me, I feel a lot of peace just at the gym gym, or listening to music or grilling. So it's like, but those things don't harm people. So as long as you're not harming anybody, do what you want. I mean, if it, listen, different strokes for different folks. That's what everybody says. And that's a Mm -hmm. thing. But showing people what you did, maybe they click it, maybe they don't. I mean, podcasting, like for you, this is your therapy. But you probably yeah. could save more people than you know. Or you probably, I think probably since you've had the podcast, people who listen reach out and see like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Or you didn't see how human everybody is. Like, I feel like podcasting makes everybody way more relatable, if that makes sense. Like, it's like you can relate. Because, yeah, no, you from Memphis, I'm from Birmingham. But we struggle all the same. <laughs> yeah, so. everybody struggles. I feel as if, I also like this pedestal thing that people like mm-mm, everybody yeah. nope mm-mm. Like I don't get that like I tell everybody don't look at me on how much I make look at me about how hard I work or what I did for people because 
I mean, when you die, that money ain't going nowhere. It, it's, it, it's, it's and then like or like you were talking about earlier with the you want the hours. I'm learning now whether I take the vacation days or don't take the vacation days. The work gonna be there. So learning to do some stuff you love, try some stuff. I mean, I think I'm planning on uh for this Christmas instead of being me and my girlfriend instead of gifting, we're gonna try taking a trip somewhere because the gifts like she. The gifts we get, we like them for the time being, but we don't really keep them or use them every single day. So sometimes it's like that experience of like we started, uh, we went to New Orleans for New Year's and it was probably the greatest thing I've done in a long time. It's like it was fun. You got to go on a trip. I mean, this is the first time I've been on a trip and I can spend a little money and then come home and still got a little money. So that was different. But it's you learn a lot about doing experiences rather than receiving gifts because you and I know. I mean, you can buy some new clothes and they nice, but 20 years from now, they're going to be out of style. So it don't really matter. Right. So, but I think actually with that being said, I'm probably gonna have to get ready and eat breakfast because my girlfriend's brought it into the office. <laughs> all so, right, Trey. I enjoyed our conversation. Make sure all you right. invite me all the time if you want to talk about anything and let everybody know I'm not the smart one. I'm just the one that work hard. <laughs> You are. It was nice talking to you. See you later. All righty. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.